I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. It's great to be with you today. And if you missed reading the program, we've been uh, discussing the opening of the Washington, D.C. Temple. We were hoping to have Elder Garrett W. Gong uh, of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles uh, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's actually going to join us tomorrow uh, in the program, and so uh, we look forward to hearing from him. Uh, he has a, a unique background and perspective in a lot of work in the diplomatic corps and understanding a lot of those uh, very interesting leaders from around the world that will be walking through the temple there in Washington, D.C. So make sure you stay with us tomorrow uh, with uh, Elder Garrett W. Gong, again, of the... Uh, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we'll continue all that coverage. And again, programming reminder, we'll actually be broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Inside Sources, Monday to Thursday next week. Uh, so we'll have uh, some great guests, some great uh, opportunity to explore things inside our nation's capital and uh, also there uh, at the Washington, D.C. Temple as well. So stay with us for all of that in the coming days and the week ahead right here on KSL News Radio. Uh, so if you've been watching the news of the day today, uh, there's uh, there's just so many things that have been happening over the weekend. We've been talking a lot about where things stand as it relates to Ukraine and what Russia is doing. Russia has uh, vowed to eliminate all resistance uh, as they continue to push, and uh, clearly they are shifting their tactics, although there was some uh, missiles launched uh, in the West, uh, even while the troops and tanks uh, and everything else is shifting to the east of Ukraine, again to that Donbass region. We know that things are uh, very dire in uh, Mariupol, uh, that that uh, city wall still standing is, uh, is really on the verge, and of course... Uh, President Biden has pledged additional support uh, to Ukraine in some very specific ways. Uh, this was uh, a, a list of everything from helicopters to Stinger missiles to, to uh, other kinds of equipment uh, that have been uh, very specific for Ukraine. And it actually prompted a response uh, coming out of the Kremlin, a letter, a formal letter, uh, to the United States, uh, warning the United States about their support and providing this kind of military equipment to Ukraine. Uh, Russia saw that as uh, a threat uh, and as a great concern. And so that changes the dynamics again. A lot of times in these kinds of wars, uh, it, it is if the status quo remains, then then things just kind of hold. But every new dynamic that gets added uh, adds a layer of complexity to decisions that have to be made, through to responses that need to be initiated. And, of course, the, the wild card in it all is what does Vladimir Putin do uh, in response uh, to these kinds of things? Uh, we, we played earlier in the program uh, some of President Zelensky's conversation uh, with Jake Tapper from CNN over the weekend where they talked specifically about President Biden coming to Ukraine and how important that was. Obviously, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, Prime Minister of Great Britain, uh, was there about a week ago. Uh, 
and uh, was a, a little bit of an in-your-face kind of a visit from Boris Johnson. Uh, was not uh, hiding and sneaking around. He was walking the streets in a, in a very public, very open way, uh, almost almost taunting uh, Vladimir Putin, saying we're we're confident that the city of Kiev is is secure and strong, and uh, that you're not a threat. And uh, so that's an interesting dynamic. How does Vladimir Putin respond to that set of uh, statements, really? Uh, very visual, powerful statements uh, from Boris Johnson. And then what does the president do? There seems to be some uncertainty inside of the White House in terms of response and communication strategy. As uh, the president uh, gave an off-the-cuff remark as he was getting on Marine One, uh, saying he was ready to go. To Ukraine, uh, the White House communication staff immediately walked that back and said there is no plan. There is uh, nothing in the offing in terms of the president going to Ukraine. And so there's a lot of things that go- are going back and forth in terms of what is the message, what is the strategy, and, and what comes next. Uh, I firmly believe that the, the next uh, seven to ten days are going to be very telling in terms of the war in Ukraine. How well Ukraine is able to stand uh, what many are expecting to be a blistering set of attacks, especially in that eastern region. That really is the space that Vladimir Putin wants to gain control of, that Donbass region. And I think it's also important to note, one of the things that President Zelensky was very adamant about over the weekend was that he was not going to yield, was not going to yield that territory to Russia as part of a peace agreement. Uh, He was very strong on that. Uh, and said, no, we're, we're not going to play that game. And then he asked this really telling question. And it's one of the things that I admire about President Zelensky is he does have this ability uh, not just to do the, th- the chest-thumping uh, bravado kind of leadership, but he's able to be very thoughtful and to just ask questions that send a lot of ripples around the world and to leaders around the world. And the question that he posed, and I think a lot of people missed this over the weekend in his interview, was he said, what does, what does this say about how you feel about the people of Ukraine? If we're always willing to yield to the demands of Vladimir Putin, if it's Vladimir Putin who gets to set the parameters of any kind of peace talk, what does that tell us here in Ukraine? What does it tell our people about how you feel about them. Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, and it's one that I'm not sure the, the world leaders have quite grappled with yet. And it really goes back to that uh, question of what is the, the value of a life? And that's an interesting question to get to. Uh, you may remember we, we had on the show some time ago uh, the gentleman who was actually in charge of determining uh, that very equation of what is the value of a life. Uh, he had to do that uh, for the World Trade Center, for those who perished in that horrible attack on American soil, uh, but had to go through the equation of what is it and how do you actually factor that in? Is it based on you know lifetime earning potential? Is it based on you know five times of what they're, they were currently earning? Uh, how do you really tell the value of that life? And so let's let's think that through just a little bit. So uh, as it related to to nine eleven, the calculations really came out to uh, a, a lot of those around. Well, what was the lifetime earning capacity based on their current salary? 
but then, of course, the questions were raised. Well, does that mean that the CEO sitting in the corner office, uh, that their life was of more value because they were in that corner office versus the janitor who was down in the basement of the World Trade Center uh, making a way for his daughter to go to school? And then you start playing that out just a little bit. What if the, uh, let's say the CEO in that corner office is a, is a distant parent, uh, disconnected from the children. The children end up uh, in drug rehab and, uh, you know, being a menace to society where the janitor in the basement uh, puts uh, his daughter through school and she becomes uh, the one who cures cancer or leads a, a great organization. And so it's so interesting to start playing that out. And what is that value? And I think that's what President Zelensky is trying to ask the world. What's the value of a child in Ukraine? What's the value of a senior citizen in Ukraine? What's the value of a, of a young woman or a young man in Ukraine? And do we really value that life? Do we see it as a life? Do we see it uh, in terms of its potential and the difference that it could make? In a neighborhood, in a community, in a city, in a country. And I think those are some of the questions that we haven't gotten to in this war of Russian aggression into Ukraine. Uh, we've talked about the casualties. We've talked about the atrocities, uh, what many are, are calling a genocide. Uh, and again, seeing how that plays out. What does that mean? For Russian generals, what does it mean for Russian troops? What does it mean for Vladimir Putin? Uh, we know the wheels of justice turn very slowly when it comes to international war crimes uh, and those kinds of human rights atrocities. Uh, and so will those wheels turn? Or will that just be lost in history? And I think that's the ultimate test. And I, I love the fact that uh, in his closing remarks over the weekend, President Zelensky uh, was asked about his place in history. And he said, you know, I, I, I'm not a hero. Uh, I'm just someone who's passionately trying to defend my country and to do what's right for the lives of those in my country. And uh, I think that is why uh, Boris Johnson got it right uh, when he said that the people of Ukraine have the courage of a lion. And President Zelensky has given that courage a roar and a voice on the international stage. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Much more coming. Stay with us. And as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. For breaking news, traffic and weather together, and conversation about important stories. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Thank you for 100 years of trust from KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.